from the carol app for mums this is the mum debrief podcast with your host holly zocheran mum of two and the founder of the carol app the free mobile app connecting and supporting mums throughout their motherhood journey through community and hand-picked expert-led content the mum debrief is a podcast where we talk all things motherhood from the good the bad and the tantrums Join us as we welcome expert guests to talk all things pregnancy to postpartum and beyond and discuss our own experiences to help make your motherhood journey a little bit easier. We are so happy to have you here. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Beauty Pie the beauty brand aiming to provide consumers with high-end, hard-working products without the hefty price tag. Beauty Pie is an absolute go-to for affordable luxury skin products that work. Some of my favourite products include the Japan Fusion Cleanser and the Healthy Skin Moisturiser. Both are an absolute staple in my skincare routine and help to keep my skin looking youthful, glowy and hydrated. The Carol Up community has an exclusive discount of three months free membership where you get 70% off full price luxury skincare and beauty products. And trust me when I say their products are incredible. Go to www.beautypie.com forward slash BP forward slash promotions forward slash the dash carol dash app to get your exclusive discount today. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mum Debrief. This week we're speaking with Laura, who is the founder of Mama Nurtured. Laura is a postnatal doula, postnatal wellbeing expert who is dedicated to nurturing the nurturers. In this episode we talk about all things to do with postnatal care, the role of a postnatal doula as well as some tips and tricks on how we can start to regulate our nervous system throughout the day as new mums. We also dive in on the importance of rest after giving birth and after pregnancy and how we really need to try to take care of ourselves as the nurturer as mums as we give so much to our families. Enjoy! Hi Laura, welcome to the Mum Debrief podcast. I'm so looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks so much for having me here. So before we dive in, it would be really good if you could give our listeners an introduction into who you are, what services you offer um, and how you support mums through their postnatal period. Of course. So I run a postnatal wellbeing business called Mama Nurtured. Um, so I'm trained as a postnatal doula and I'm also trained in a holistic health modality called um, kinesiology. And so I offer postnatal treatments to mums and I also do infant treatments as well. Um, but my focus really with my business is holistic health and well-being for, for mums. And that doesn't matter what kind of period of time you are in your postnatal journey. So that could be for very early days of just having given birth to years on. So postnatal depletion can still last up to 10 years um, and beyond. Um, so I'm all about nurturing the nurturers. Um, so just really caring for mums um, when they need it most. We're obviously, when we have children, we're at our most vulnerable state um, as we navigate matrescence. So I'm all about kind of holding mum's hands during that journey. Um, so yeah, I offer postnatal doula services. I offer treatment where we do lots of like hormonal balancing um, and just really bringing you back into a state of calm. Um, and I also run workshops as well across Surrey and London. Yeah, I mean, the philosophy about nurturing the nurturer is just so incredible and so needed. I definitely experienced that myself, especially 
having two kids, running a business, it's so hard to keep on top of taking really good care of yourself. So can you share why you started working in the postnatal wellbeing space and what inspired you to support mums in this way? Yeah, so when my daughter Sienna was born, I had a bit of a postnatal journey that was quite challenging. Um, so I'd had this really like beautiful, magical home birth. Um, and then everything after that really just started to go downhill from there. So on day two, we were thrown into the hospital um, and we had a whole host of challenges together tongue-tie and jaundice my bladder nearly exploded during labor because I didn't pee and um, so mm-hmm. I I was had a catheter attached to me for seven days after the end was born and um, I had quite bad postnatal anxiety and really struggled with breastfeeding as well which was a huge part of our journey um, and my mum was also diagnosed with breast cancer just two weeks before Sienna was born so I didn't really have the support that I desperately wanted. I think, Holly, we've talked a little bit about your experience of, of not having your mum around as well. And I think you so desperately want to be mothered by your own mother mm-hmm. after you've had had a baby. Um, but sadly, my mum was going through surgery and radiotherapy straight after Sienna was born. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't really have that support network that I needed. I felt quite let down by healthcare professionals. Um, because during my pregnancy, the home birth team had been absolutely incredible by my side throughout everything. They'd come to my house and give me my um, appointments, and it was incredible. And then I just felt like afterwards, I was just left alone. My husband's a teacher, and he went back to work after two weeks. Um, yeah, I've never felt so alone in all my life, really. Um, but yeah, my postnatal period was one kind of big, messy blur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I often felt anxious and just really desperate, really desperate for support, for help. Um, and I didn't really understand it because I'd wanted to be a mum since I was in like year six. Um, and I thought I'd just absolutely nail it. And I wasn't nailing it. I just mm-hmm. felt like a real failure. I didn't really like being a mum, which was such a shock to me because I love kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got beautiful niece that I loved and yeah I didn't really understand like why I didn't like being a mum um so yeah I kind of did a lot of reflecting over my postnatal period and realized really that mums needed and deserved better postnatal care um and during the, the first three the three months the fourth trimester my friend Rosie actually gave me three hours at the postnatal doula as a present um, and we've been given so many like baby outfits and flowers and um, cuddly toys and things. Um, but Rosie, being a mum herself, just kind of understood what I needed, and she mm-hmm. had quite similar experience postnatal too. Um, and back then, I didn't even know what postnatal doula was. I didn't know this person existed that could come and help me when I so desperately needed the help. Um, so yeah, when Sienna was six months old, I trained as a postnatal doula and it just really helped me understand this sacred time. Um, I learned about how this time is honoured in different cultures compared to here in the West. We just don't really honour that time mm-hmm. um, the way that they do in other, in other cultures. Um, yeah, I learned what postnatal care should really look like and really how to nurture a mum mm-hmm. when she's at her most vulnerable state as she navigates. Um, so yeah, I trained as a postnatal doula 
And then I basically combined my training in kinesiology and coaching and kind of yeah, deliver this whole package of postnatal care. Amazing. I relate to so, so much of what you said, especially not having my mum. It's really amplified when you because you need that support so, so much. So I totally relate to that. And also postnatal anxiety, like it's just not spoken about. And it's something that I really, really badly experience with both children. Mm. Um, but it's kind of, I just didn't expect, I've never been an anxious person and I never really expected that to happen. I think obviously, well, I'd grown up with my mum being really poorly for such a long time when I was a child. Yeah. And I think I'd obviously pushed that anxiety down and never kind of really faced it or understood that it was there because I just was going about my day-to-day life and then I had my children and that all came up and it's just the same feeling of anxiety and kind of expecting the worst um so yeah I can totally see why you know your work is so needed and why mums would come to you you know experiencing that because it's so tough and you just it there's kind of no so hard to describe I think because if you unless you've been through it you kind of don't because it's an invisible you know nobody can see it from the outside what you're dealing with and I think yeah postnatal anxiety is so so tough and what kind of advice would you give to new mums you know going through that postpartum anxiety phase and you know if a woman comes to you and is really struggling with that what advice would you give to her I mean obviously not we can't go into too much detail now but on you know touching the surface what kind of tips could you give to her um, I think often it's about like sticking with those feelings and those feelings are really uncomfortable those feelings of like oh my gosh panic mode like what if what if the worst happens mm-hmm. you have no idea what you're doing especially as a first time mum I think um but yeah kind of sitting with those uncomfortable feelings and having someone listen to you and validate how you feel yeah. Having that space held for you is so important as, an, as a new mum because we just are carrying so many emotions, so many thoughts, so many feelings. And so just to have someone that you can talk to, sit with, who will listen to you non-judgmentally, um, someone who will, will hold that space for you, I think is really, really key. Um, I think something that made my anxiety a lot worse was all the noise surrounding me. So there was just so much noise from unsolicited advice, like particularly from the older generation, they love a bit of unsolicited advice they found, Um, and the noise from social media. So at one point, I just had to shut off social media completely um, and not go on Instagram and, yeah, just not look at things because I found it was quite toxic to me having this noise as a new mum. Yeah, and I think when I came back to the root of things and just cut out the noise I learned to like trust my instinct more and I think really my job as a postnatal doula is to kind of shelter shelter mums from the unsolicited advice and provide informational support that really help guide them in trusting their own instincts as a mum because we know best we know best what's for our child Mm -hmm. we know best what's for us um but when you're having so many conflicting messages sent to you it's really confusing and can make the anxiety so much worse um I also think like getting the right nutrients is really important as a new Mm -hmm. mum as well so um yeah there's one I like one supplement I recommend to all my clients is B12 um because when we're stressed 
often our body gets depleted of B vitamins, particularly B12. Um, so that just helps us, like it just helps support our bodies um, and can really help with those feelings of anxiety as well. So yeah, definitely getting the right nutrients, making sure we're eating the right food um, to help support us mentally as well as physically. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so, so important that you're nourishing yourself from the inside out, as you said, with the vitamins, but it can be so hard to even think about that when you've just had a baby and, you know, you've got somebody else to look after that's completely relying on you for their life, essentially, to keep them alive. Um, And I know that that can bring up a lot of guilt. So mums often feel, especially in our community, we get a lot of questions sent in around mum guilt and feeling like, why you know, I, I can't look after myself like that. I can't give myself any self-care because I've, I've got this baby and, you know, I truly believe that, you know, a happy mum is a happy baby at the end of the day and you have to take care of yourself before you can be the best mum to your child. What practical tips and advice, I suppose, would you give to mums who are feeling that mum guilt towards taking better care of themselves? Yeah, um, it's so funny, isn't it, that we feel guilty for looking after ourselves, but we mm-hmm. can't we can't fill anyone else's cup from an empty cup ourselves. Um, so yes, yeah, self-care is so important just to pour into those places that feel really burnt out and stressed yeah. and depleted. Um, and like you say, a happy mum is a happy baby and a happy family. Mm-hmm. Um, so you looking after yourself really benefits the, the whole family. Um, and also I think setting a positive example for our children that we have to prioritise our own health and well-being because we can't look after the family unless we look after ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and looking after ourselves then enhances our ability to care for and connect with our children. So I think, yeah, finding finding bonds in those early days can be really hard when we're so stressed and depleted. Um, so I know that if I haven't done things for myself, I'm really irritable, I'm really impatient. And I'm really cranky. Um, and not only that, I find I'm really resentful to my husband as well. So I see him going out to work every day and I'm like, he's getting a lovely break. Like, here's a school teacher, so he's not getting a break because he has the demands of people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, he gets time on his own in his office. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we have to look after ourselves first in order to look after the rest of our family really yeah I agree and what would you say in terms of um, mums implementing realistic you know little self-care routines and rituals into their life how would you say that mums could start to incorporate you know five minutes a day for themselves what tools would you suggest yeah and I think that's a real myth isn't it that self-care takes time it's self-indulgent or it's selfish Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know where that comes from. Like, is that just female talk in general? Um, we feel like we have to keep on giving all the time. Um, and there's this other myth that it requires a, a big time commitment, which we don't have because we're busy being a mum. We're busy feeding our children. We're busy running after them. We're busy, um, yeah, making sure that they're looked after. But you don't have to go to a yoga class or even leave the house for it to be self-care. There are so many like little micro moments that you can take in your day to honour yourself and your needs. Um, and yeah, I think we can see self-care as not being separate from our parenting, but there are moments that you can take with your children around for it to be self-care. So it doesn't actually have to be separate. In fact, isn't it worthwhile that our children see us kind of 
and that uh, they're to be part of our self care mm-hmm. rituals so that they can then copy us and and carry that and back on into their lives as well. Um, so yeah, I think there's lots of lots of little micro moments that we can have during our day. Um, so one thing that I recommend to my clients is simply just holding our forehead, which sounds yeah, like that sounds a little bit too simple. Um, but actually, we can hold our forehead and think about something that might be stressing us out. And this actually brings blood to the front part of our brain, so into our frontal cortex there, um, which is the area where problem solving and decision making and logical happens. So bringing things from the back part of our brain to the front part of our brain. And this just helps to really like release stress, calm our nervous systems down, um, and just you can literally do it like anywhere we are, um, and that will just help help to calm us and give us a little bit of time to think about things for ourselves. Um, another really great self care tip would be just doing child pose. Um, so that's a really calming yoga pose. It brings again, it brings this area to the floor, um, and it tells getting into child pose actually tells our brain that we're safe. Um, and that's something you could do um, just before bed at night or mm-hmm. just in those moments. Maybe you could get on the floor and do child pose. You might have your children clambering all over you. I often find when I'm doing child pose, <laughs> my daughter Sienna loves climbing all over me. Um, but again, it's really good for her to see that and be part of that because one day she won't be climbing on me. Instead, she'll be yeah. doing it next to me. Um, another really simple trick we can do is just holding our glabella or our third eye point. Um, and this connects us directly to our pineal gland, which is a little pine cone shaped gland um, that's responsible for like sleep, uh, like sleepy hormones and also happiness hormones. Um, so yeah, we can just hold our third eye for a few seconds with our thumb or with our index finger. Um, and that would just help to bring us into a state of calm as well. Amazing. I love those. I want to definitely try them myself. And you're so right with the modeling. I think children watch you, don't they? And they model behavior based on what you do. So I think showing yourself a little bit of child's pose or doing some of those tips that you suggested, it shows them that you're looking after yourself as well. And I think that is so important. And introducing these things to your children's routine as well is so healthy mm-hmm. for them as well, like for you to help them be able to calm their nervous system. And that's one of the best things we, we can do with co-regulation mm-hmm. and calm our own nervous system down. And then that has the effect of then calming their own nervous systems down, um, which like how wonderful is that, that we can do that for our children, that mm-hmm. when we're in a calm state, that beautiful energy then passes on to our children um, mm-hmm. so that we're there like safe and secure base to come back to they can come and they can co-regulate with like back with us because mm-hmm. um, yeah if we're frazzled we're anxious we're all over the place like that's the energy that we're going to be giving off to them mm-hmm. um so yeah just coming coming back and yeah breathing is obviously a really yeah. another really important one to do you could do box breathing so that's breathing in for four holding for four breathing out for four and then holding for four again that will just really help calm us yeah I inter- incorporate box breathing every single day because on yeah. a morning it's just so hectic with two kids and work and emails and getting them into nursery and everything and then 
if I find myself getting overwhelmed or my nervous system supercharging, then I just go into my room, do some box breathing, and it really does help. And the kids can feel it when you're stressed, as you said, you know. So having those tools in your toolkit can really, really help. Yeah, it's something that I use. So as I mentioned before, our breastfeeding journey was was really challenging and I used to get very stressed out. Breastfeeding, particularly if I was out in public, really struggled with it. Um, So I just used to, and she, I think she could feel that I was stressed. So like latching her on would be really difficult. Um, And so I just used to practice breathing in those moments Mm -hmm. that I was finding challenging. And it it just really helped. Like then she was able to latch better. Um, I was just able to calm myself. So then she felt calmer. Um, Yeah, it's amazing what it is. Bit of breathing can do for us and for our children as well. You mentioned in the beginning when you were talking about why you got into postnatal well-being. You mentioned other cultures, and I think this is something that I really want to touch on because, mm-hmm. you're right, in other cultures they have you know forty days postpartum, um, kind of where they, the mum just rests. But it's so different in our culture. We kind of, you know, there's no education around that. I would say. So can you kind of dive into that a little bit more in other cultures and how it differs from us in the West and what we could take from other cultures in terms of postnatal care? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so in, in lots of different cultures, like they call it confinement. Um, you know, a lot of cultures have got different names for it. Um, but yeah, I actually read a book called, put it up there, called The First 40 Days. And I read that when I was pregnant. And I was like, yes. <laughs> my life's going to be like and it was all about the Chinese concept of confinement um and the reality that was that it wasn't like that there was nobody cooking me meals um we were thrown into the hospital system like straight after you know mm-hmm. born and it didn't look like I thought it was going to look like because I'd read this book um but yeah I mean human beings we're tribal people we we're meant to be living in tribes. We're meant to have communities around us. And sadly, that's not the way we live here in the West. We, mm-hmm. we often don't have communities like you're from Yorkshire. You perhaps don't have your family near you. Like I'm from just outside Birmingham. And my family aren't close by. Um, yeah, we don't live in these tribes anymore. But that's how human beings survived. Um, yeah, we, we just don't have that. Um, whereas in other cultures, it's all about, you know, everybody coming and everybody helping out and everybody looking after the mum. It's not just a focus on the, on the baby. Mm-hmm. It's actually the focus on the mum because they realise the best person to look after the baby is the mum. But who's, who's then looking after the mother? So, um, yeah, often, like in some, in some cultures, they'll move back into their family homes as well to be cared for by their, parents or by their in-laws um yeah in some places like the netherlands they're giving they're given i can't remember the name of it now um but they have like a nurse who comes for the first 10 days to look after them um and help them with anything like newborn related um yeah they have like different you know certain meals that they'll eat in other mm-hmm. countries that really help nourish the body so our bodies particularly when it's winter, like now, we need warming food. And quite often in this culture, we'll just grab the nearest thing. Like for me, I used to eat loads of crisps because it was quick and easy. Um, but actually, we need like lovely warming soups. We need stews. We need things that are going to mm-hmm. enrich our bodies that are warm because 
like in Chinese culture, it's seen that we have like where our where our um, where the baby was, where the placenta was. It's now cold, and so it's all about like warming up that area. Um, so yeah, families will come in their in other cultures mm-hmm. and they'll come and they'll nourish the mum, um, recognizing that they're depleted after giving birth. I mean, pregnancy takes that. that so much of a, our energy anyway, mm-hmm. carrying a baby for nine months and giving them all our nutrients. And then we have this massive thing, childbirth. And then in this culture, we're just, okay, off you go now. Like you're out of the hospital yeah. or out of the midwife care. And then it's okay, on you go. Um, but yeah, who's, who's looking after us? And I think other cultures do do it really well. But here in the West, we sadly haven't been. And I think, you know, there is a bit of a movement now where mums are recognising that we need to change things. Um, and so, yeah, I think like postnatal doulas, people are, are hearing about the concept more. I think birth doulas is a little bit more well-known, but mm-hmm. postnatal doulas, yeah, some people don't even know this person actually exists to help yeah. care for you in that time. Um when you're working with the family as a postnatal doula, do you stay with them or is it is it up to the family what they want and what they need? I don't stay with them because um yeah, I've got my got my own daughter. Um you can you can definitely hire like night nannies and things yeah. for extra for that nighttime support. And some postnatal doulas do do nighttime support. Um but yeah, obviously dependent on your work situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would normally go during the daytime. Um and yeah, I'm really there to help nourish them. So I cook, I cook meals for them, um, provide like healthy snacks, help them get the right nutrients for their postnatal body. Um, I can do batch cooking and put things in the freezer so they've got food to come to when it's dinner time on other days. Um, you know, can give them space to be with their baby while I handle really everything else that needs doing in the house times so that could be tidying up um it could be doing the washing sorting mm-hmm. the laundry um support feeding journeys no matter what that feeding journey looks like so I can give breastfeeding support and also if you go down the bottle feeding route as well you can help with that um kind of help mums like explore their new identity like who are they now that they've become a mother because I think that's such a huge thing isn't it we have this identity of who we were previously and we're kind of trying to cling on to it in the beginning and it's only when we can fully release that that we're like we've become a bit more settled with, with who we've become um but yeah kind of holding holding clients hands through those tough moments being their company on days when they feel lonely I know mm-hmm. that when my husband went back to work I felt really really lonely um, yeah, and I needed someone to just sit on the sofa with me and just let me cry with them and they I just wanted someone to just cuddle me yeah cuddles um so true it's so true and it's such a vulnerable time especially if your partner goes back to work and you're left with your newborn new identity still recovering from birth if you've got no family around it can be really isolating yeah so can you tell our listeners where they can find you all about your offerings and your instagram and website so my website is mamanurtured.co.uk and I'm on Instagram at mama.nurtured. You can find me there and I will often update things that, that I'm doing, um, different workshops. So I'm actually got a couple of workshops 
coming up. Um, so one is in Richmond um, on the 3rd of February from 2 till 3.30 at Fifty Hill Rise. And I'm doing another one at the barn in Surrey. Um, so that, those workshops are called REST and they are basically 90 minutes of well-being for mums. So we talk about different things that you can do for self-care and yeah, they're really, really beautiful classes for mums to come together, find like-minded people who do who want to care about their own um, well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I run these workshops and offer postnatal doula services around the Surrey area. And I offer postnatal treatments. So basically, I look at what's going on physically, emotionally, chemically and nutritionally and energetically with a mum. All about holistic healing. And I use things like lymphatic massage, acupressure, and I use emotional stress release techniques as well, because obviously it can be quite a stressful time. So we just talk about things, and it's your time really to, to have space held for you. Well, thank you so, so much. It's been so good to chat, and it's just your service is so needed. I think every single mum can definitely relate to feeling so lost. They're out of their midwife care, and they're kind of like, okay, my other house back to work. So yeah thank you so so much oh thank you so much if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a rating and a review it really helps us to reach other mums just like you